Bibles and turn to John chapter number 4. I don't know about you, but the Lord's had to pick me up many times. Where would we be without the grace of God? We're going to take a look this morning at a woman that was living that song that my daughter just sang this morning. You know, when you look in the Bible, you find a lot of great passages that we can make applications to our lives. One of those verses and passages is, is the, what's known as the Beatitudes in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew's chapter 5, 6, and 7, the great Sermon on the Mount. It begins with what is known as the Beatitudes. And the Bible says in Matthew 5, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. And then the Bible says this, for they shall be filled. The word filled there in that verse, the, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, that means that they're going to be satisfied, completely satisfied. You know, it, it reminds me of so many people today that they're not satisfied with where they're at, the job that they have, the person that they're married to, the house they live in, the car they drive. They're just not satisfied. We're always seeking as mankind, but we're never finding. It's kind of like the little boy. He was in his backyard one afternoon, and he was chasing around a yellow butterfly. He wanted that butterfly so bad, he just wanted to catch it. And he thought to himself, if I could just catch that butterfly, it would be wonderful. He spent an entire afternoon chasing that butterfly around his yard. And finally he caught it. When he opened up his hand, the only thing that was there was some yellow smear on his hand. That's kind of the way life is, in a sense. We're chasing after butterflies of happiness and satisfaction and listen when we get to where we think we ought to be it's not what we think it ought to be and when we get to where we want we don't want what we get and we're always wanting something more is that not true we always have to have something more this world has nothing that satisfies us True happiness is only found in Jesus. It is our church's anniversary. And I thought about some type of an anniversary type message. But the Lord said to me, why don't you just preach about me? Talk about the cause of Christ. And so we're going to continue our series that I began last week, if you notice there in your outline, it's entitled, Stop Minding Your Business and Start Minding the Fathers. You see, if we want to have success in life, if you're a child of God this morning, then understand, your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You see, we ought to want to live our lives to do what God wants us to do and not what we want to do. And so many people are like the woman in the passage this morning that are so dissatisfied 
and looking for something else in life. And this morning we're going to see this, this message in John chapter 4 about a woman that was not satisfied with her life. Jesus begins to deal with this, this woman that we know as the woman at the well. I love when Jesus dealt with people. By the way, he did the same thing with me and probably the same thing with you is that Jesus always, when he deals with us, as with this woman, he mixes truth and love. You know, that's what we need. We need the truth of the word of God because Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And how else are we going to know that truth and to know that God is love? And we need to understand this matter of what God has for us. And Jesus mentioned to this woman that he had something for her. He mentions in the passage in John 4 that he has a gift that he wants to give to her, that he wants to give her. Now remember why she came to the well? She came to get water. But Jesus said, listen, I have water that if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. I think about the human anatomy and I think about the person that came up with bottling water. Amazing. God gives us water and people put it in a plastic bottle and they make fortune off of it. Do you know that most of this stuff that's in these bottles is just out of some garden hose from Detroit, Michigan? <laughs> they put so many spins on it, so many different names on it. I personally, and I'm not looking for any recognition, I'm just trying to be healthy. I, didn't, I, I know I've said it before, I know a lot of you people don't think I'm a saved Christian, but I don't drink coffee. Go ahead. <gasps> right? I grew, up in the, I grew up in the Pepsi generation, and I grew up drinking Mountain Dew, is what I grew up drinking. The dew that comes down from the mountains. But you know that Mountain Dew settled on my waistline. It's not good for me. And so I'm trying to behave myself. So I realize that even though the body is comprised of about 70% of water, that one of the things that God has designed for our body is we need water. You know, you can, you can do without a lot of things, but you need to have water. Your body doesn't function properly without water. I personally drink between eight and ten of these a day. And you know, guess what? I'm still thirsty. I can drink these and drink these and drink these and drink these, and I'm still thirsty. And the woman, she came to the well day in and day out. By the way, she wasn't the only one that came to the well. Everybody, that's, they, they didn't have these silly little bottles back in John chapter 4 days. They had to go to the well. They had to lower the bucket. They, they had to, I think I found one in here that Miss Becky didn't put away when we cleaned. And, and so they, they had a bucket that they would go, or a water pot. And they, would, they would get there, and oftentimes because of robbers and all types of things that were going on in those days, they would, they would actually put a cover, they would put a stone or something over the well's mouth. And many times you see in the Bible where someone had to, someone had to remove that so that they could get the water out of there. There's instances in the Bible that you see that happening. And, and, and they would come and they would lower their, their bucket or whatever it may be and they would draw water and then they would carry that water back to their house so that it would sustain them. They could cook with it. They could clean with it. 
they needed that for their daily provisions. But when she came to the well on this particular day, there was a man there that when she got there, she didn't really know who he was. The Bible identifies that it was Jesus. He begins this conversation with this woman and he says, listen, as you're getting ready to get that water out of that well, he says, I understand you need that physically. But he says, I've got some water that if you drink of this water, it'll be a well springing up in you and it'll be unto everlasting life, he says. He says, if you drink this water, you'll never thirst again. Now, she might have thought to herself, wow, that'd be awesome. I'd never have to come to the well again. I'd never have to lower my bucket again. I'd never have to draw the water out again. I'd never have to carry the weight of that water all the way home. I wouldn't have to worry about that. That's not what Jesus was talking about, physical water. He was talking to this woman about a gift that he had for her. And while he was there, as they were talking about this, Jesus immediately begins to tell her, listen, by the way, even though I've never met you, I know everything about you. How many of you understand today that God knows everything about us? There's no secret you can keep from God. He knows everything in every recess, every corner, every closet of your life. God knows everything about us. That's a very convicting thing this morning. Jesus said, I know you've had five husbands. And the man that you're living with right now, he's not your husband. She's probably like, wait a minute. How do you know that? Somebody in town has been telling you about me because there's no way that you could know that. Jesus is, is telling her about this. And then he boldly proclaims to her in this conversation he says, I that speak unto thee am he. In other words, she said, I know that when the Messiah comes, the one that we've been waiting for, the deliverer, the savior that we've been hearing about all these years, I know that when he comes, he's going to tell us all things. And Jesus says, I am that person. I am the Messiah. While he was witnessing to this woman, here's what happens. Have you ever had this happen before? If you've been a, a faithful witness for the Lord, many times when I'm talking to somebody about the Lord, an interruption happens. Phone rings. The baby starts crying. The dog starts barking. Somebody pulls up in the driveway. It doesn't matter what it is. And by the way, that many times, not always, but many times, that's the devil because the devil doesn't want to see somebody come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And interruptions happen. Jesus is talking to this woman at the well. He's carrying on this conversation. He's, he's into the plan of salvation as we call it. He's testifying about himself. He's telling this woman, I have something to give to you that if you would receive this gift, that it would, it would be everlasting life that, listen, this life that we live in is only so long. But this life after this life, he says it's eternal. According to the Bible, you, you check it yourself. Don't take my word for it. There's only one or two places that you'll spend eternity. A place called heaven or a place called hell. The choice is ours. 
The Bible clearly says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Can I tell you that's why Jesus went through Samaria? That's why he sat down at the well? That's why he spent time with this woman that most people wanted nothing to do with? By the way, that woman represents me too. Most people wanted nothing to do with me when I was younger. I'm glad that Jesus loved me. I'm glad Jesus looked beyond some of the faults that I had and some of the failures I had in my life and the way I was living my life. And by the way, if you're here this morning and, and you feel a sense of guilt, guess what? You're in good company because we're all sinners. The only difference is if you're a Christian today, you're a sinner saved by grace. Jesus is talking to this woman and an interruption happens. But the interruption this time is not the devil. It's 12 devils called his disciples. And I want you to notice this morning, first of all, their marvel. Because when they show up, and, I, and you can go back in this, in this passage, but just to give you a synopsis, here's what happens is that while Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria, I have to go there, I've got an appointment with this woman. Now, Jesus never said all that, but in his heart, because he was God, he knew the woman would be there. And so when Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria, guess what his good Baptist disciples did? They said, we're going to get something to eat. By the way, right now we're receiving our spiritual meal, and I hope that after this service that all of you will stay for a nice physical meal because we've got dinner on the grounds today. You might be here visiting. You might say, oh, I didn't know. I forgot. Listen, stay anyway. If we have to get more food, we will. There'll be plenty of food. I told everybody in Sunday school this morning, listen, if you stay and there's not enough food, guess what? It's going to help all of us to behave ourselves and not have a plate that's overflowing because we've already got something else that's overflowing, all right? Now, here's the thing is, is that as, as they came back from the city, They've got, I don't know what they came back with. They came back with McDonald's. They came back with Burger King. I don't know what it was they brought back, but they brought back their meat. And as they show up, they marveled because Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman. Now, there's a good chance that his disciples, they probably passed this woman as they were going out from where Jesus was into the city. The woman was coming from the city out to the well. They might have saw this woman. And notice as Jesus now begins this conversation, look in your Bible in verse number 28. The Bible says the woman, as Jesus says, or let's start in verse 27. Upon this came his disciples, marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no man said. They didn't say it out loud. What seekest thou or why talkest thou with her? Listen, they didn't have to say it out loud. He was God. He knows all things. He knew what they were thinking. They didn't have to say it. But notice in verse number 29, 28, the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city to say unto the men. So here's what it, what's happening is that for this woman that came that brought her water pot that was going to get some water to sustain her, she had a change in activity. The reason that she came was to get the water, but now she actually received that living water. She was so excited about Jesus, about her Savior, that not only was there a change in activity, but there was a change in her attitude. The Bible says 
in verse number 28 that she went her way into the city. And when she got there in verse 29, she says, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? I mean, she goes into town. She goes into that city that everybody knew everything about her. She didn't have a good reputation. Many people believe that she was at the well at this time of the day because no one else wanted to be at the well when she was there. And she was trying to avoid them because they were trying to avoid her. But when she goes back into the town, guess where she goes? She goes around to the businessmen and she goes around to the elders in the town. She might have even gone to her five ex-husbands. And she says, listen, you got to come. You got to see this man. This man told me everything that I ever did, every little detail of my life. She had a change in her attitude. The woman said in verse number 25, I know that Messiah, which is called Christ, when he has come, he will tell us all things. Her testimony, when she went back into town, her testimony was simple, but guess what? It was successful. You know why? Because later on, you see that not only did the men go out, but listen, there was great results because of that, because of the woman's testimony. She had a change in her activity. She had a change in her attitude, but then notice a change in action. Look at verse 30. The Bible says, then they, who's the they? All the men. All these, all these men of the city, businessmen, elders in the city, maybe her ex-husbands, whoever it was, the Bible says, then they, verse 30, went out of the city and came unto him. These proud men, they came to Jesus. And we see their marvel how, how that Jesus was talking to a Samaritan woman and all that was going on. How could this be? I mean, listen, doesn't he know that God is the God of the Jew and not of the Gentile or the Samaritan? And, and doesn't he know that we have no dealings with those that are not Jewish people? I mean, how in the world could Jesus defile himself and be carrying on a conversation like he is with this woman? And I see their marvel, but then I see their meat. Because here they come. They've got their food. I mean, here they are physically. They're starving. No doubt, maybe the heat of the day and the travel, they, they were hungry. Listen, how many of you, when you buy something to eat and you get it to go, wait until you get home to eat it or do you eat it in the car on the way home and when you get home your wife opens up the bag and there's only one meal in there and she says I thought you bought food for both of us and I'll say to her I did but I ate mine because I was starving I couldn't wait till I got home you know and you know these disciples they got food in town it would be real hard for me to believe that Peter James and John and the whole rest of the bunch kept it all in their sack until they got to where Jesus was. But nonetheless, there was something there when they got there. And the Bible tells us here that they, <clears throat> they bring the food to Jesus. And in his way, Jesus says something like this, and I'm going to paraphrase. He says, I'm not hungry. Thanks, but no thanks. And they're like, what? We just went into town to get food. I mean, we just went to get something for you to eat, Jesus, and here you are, and now you're, you're acting like you don't even want it. Listen, you know what I see this morning, which is what I saw in my life, is that Jesus is more concerned 
about the spiritual need in a person's life than he is about the physical need in his own life. He denied what his flesh was wanting. See, I see their desire in verse 31. The Bible says, in the meanwhile. Listen, you don't, you don't need to watch television shows and movies. Just read your Bible. It's a pretty good sequel. You know, you just, it's, the suspense is there. The action is there. There's all kinds of things going on in the Bible. I'm going to tell you something. Don't, don't be sold down the, down the river that the Bible is, is archaic and out of date. There's a lot of great things that you find in the Word of God. And the Bible says that when the men came out of the city and came unto him, that in the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him. I mean, they're, they're, they're almost to the point of forcing Jesus. Listen, you've got to eat. You, we went and got this, and you need to eat this food. Their desire was, we made this trip for you, and they were concerned. Listen, they were concerned. By the way, they weren't going to be able to eat if he didn't eat. You know, it's like, Lord, come on, please. The Bible says they prayed him. They spread the food out in front of him. Maybe they put it on the well and maybe they got it all out and laid it all out, but Jesus' mind and his heart was far away from that meal. They wanted to eat, but Jesus does not want to. Years ago, I was working for a man by the name of Charlie Bennett, and he's a great man. He was a tremendous guy to work for. I really enjoyed working for him. And one day I said to him, I, I just wanted to spend a little time with him. I said, I said, hey, listen, can I take you out to lunch? And so we went somewhere, and I, I, I said, go ahead and order. I said, I want to buy your lunch. And he said, he said, no, you go ahead. And so I ordered something, and then I turned to him and I said, are you going to order? And he says, no. He says, I'm not hungry. And I, I said, I invited you to lunch. I said, I wanted to buy your lunch. And now I've ordered and you're not going to get anything. And on top of that, he, he, he paid for it before I could even get anything out of my wallet. And so we sat down at the table and listen, as I'm sitting there with that food in front of me, but it was like, I'm not going to eat. Because if you're not eating, I'm not eating. And the disciples, they, their desire was, Lord, we want you to eat. But Jesus was concerned about this woman more than he was about food. The Bible says, I am come from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. That's why Jesus was there. It wasn't even his errand. It wasn't even his mission. It wasn't even his soul winning call. It was all what God wanted for this woman's life. I see their desire, but then notice the diet, verse number 32, look at this. But he said unto them, I mean, here they are, they're like, come on, Lord, we got to eat. Look at verse 32. I have meat to eat that you know not of. Notice the words, I have. That, listen, that, 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 that signifies a possession, something that I have. It's in my possession. But then he says this, which ye, plural, his disciples don't even know about. Right now they're thinking, wait a minute, did, did we get left out? Is there something more to this? I mean, what did we miss? Did somebody go into town and get him food? How is it that he says, I have something? Look, when Jesus, he was talking to his disciples, thinking back when Jesus was tempted of the, of the devil and the devil was tempting him to turn the stones into bread, the whole reason behind that temptation was to satisfy 
the physical need because Jesus was as much man as he was God. He was as much God as he was man. And he was hungry just like you and I are today. And listen, the devil says, just take these stones, Jesus, and turn them into bread. He was tempting him. And Jesus, what happened when the temptation came? He pointed to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Look at it. He humbled thee, suffered thee to hunger, fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might, uh, might know thee how that man doth not live by bread alone. I know you think you're going to die sometimes. Some of you right now, you're thinking, I, I miss breakfast. That's your fault. You should have got up. All you men should have got up and made breakfast for your wives. Ladies, there you go. That's one time I give you a chance. Say amen in church. I make breakfast for my wife, and she, she, my wife, she's been in Ohio visiting our grandkids, and she's like, man, I miss your breakfasts. I said, well, come home. <laughs> but if you, listen, it, it's 11.30. If you had breakfast this morning, I ate breakfast about 7 this morning. If you had breakfast, guess what? That breakfast is gone. Man doth not live by bread alone. So how do we live? By every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Jesus lived by that principle. He lived his life. He was hungry, listen, to do the Father's will. That's what he was hungry for. I see their, their desire and I see the meat, but notice the diet that he wanted to do his Father's will. But notice their disregard in verse 33. The Bible says, Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat, here it is. You want to know what it is right here? God, he, he describes it. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. I mean, they thought somebody brought Jesus food, but they really didn't understand. Listen, their mind needed to go back even to the Old Testament. Remember, Jesus as God was the one who even fed Elijah when he was sitting by the brook Cherith. The Bible says that he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is, before Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and fish in the morning and bread and fish in the evening, and he drank of the brook. I mean, the real satisfaction, and he, get a hold of this this morning, the real satisfaction for Jesus was not some meal that his disciples would bring to him from the city. And the real satisfaction in our life is not some meal that we're going to have today, wherever it may be. The real satisfaction for Jesus was seeing this Samaritan woman put her faith in him as her Savior. That was the real satisfaction. The real satisfaction is seeing people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. See, I see their marvel. And I see the meat. But notice I want you to see their mission because while Jesus is having this conversation with this woman, watch this, the woman leaves and goes back into town. She brings all these men back and it was that conversion, that conversation with that woman that actually opened the door for Jesus to talk to them about something that here we are 69 years later on this anniversary Sunday, which is the whole reason why Bible Baptist Church even exists. It's the mission of God. 
And I want you to understand this mission that he spoke about. He spoke of the time of the harvest. He talked in verse 35, look at it, of the need of reapers. The Bible, he says, say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Now, there were certain seasons. You can go back and look. There was a time of ingathering and the, the time of the harvest. And they would, the Jewish folks, they would have certain festivals and feasts. And it was all uh, the feast of the first fruits and all these times. And they knew the times of the year. And they knew as far as the crops and when to gather them in and when to get them out of the fields and so on. And no doubt that on their calendar, Jesus was making reference to a degree about that there's four months left before the harvest comes. But see, Jesus wasn't talking about wheat that was out in the field. He wasn't talking about bringing in maybe some fruit that was out in the field. He was talking, remember what he said to his disciples? He said to them early on, follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. Well, here he is. He's sitting at the well, and guess what he's doing? He's fishing. He's got one pole, and there's one fish, and it's a Samaritan woman. And Jesus uses that one conversation. Their marvel about it. The meat that they didn't understand. To help them understand what the mission was about. He says, look, I want you to look under the fields. And he's not talking about the wheat out there. And they say that, 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 they say that a lot of times when you look at wheat, whenever the sun hits it, that oftentimes it has a kind of a white look to it. But he was saying that there are people out there. Can I tell you today, there are people right out the doors of this church that are ready for somebody to tell them about the love of God. The fields are white already. Nothing has to happen. Understand that Jesus is talking about that someone has to go to them. He was directing his disciples to see what he had just done with this woman at the well, to see the need, the spiritual need of others, to get their eyes on the real harvest. The psalmist said, I looked on my right hand, and behold, that there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me, for no man cared for my soul. Do we care as a church? 69 years. Do we care that people without Christ will spend eternity in a place called hell? Eternally separated from God. See, Jesus talks about the need for reapers, and then he talks about the nature of rewards. Look at verse 36. He that reapeth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is this saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor, other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, the wicked worketh the deceitful work, but he that Notice, him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. Paul said himself in 1 Corinthians, he says, I have planted, look at it, he says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God 
gave the increase. You see, we can't, we can't save people. We can't uh, lead somebody. I mean, we can lead them to the Savior, but, but he says, look, if there ever was a time, Jesus was saying, for sowing and reaping and, and getting out there, the fields are white unto harvest already. Jesus is saying to us as Bible Baptist Church, listen, I applaud you on 69 years, but the field is still white. The door is still open. There are still people that need to know, just like that woman that was at the well, that God loves them, that Jesus died for them. There's a need for reapers. But listen, there is rewards for those of us that would seize the opportunity while it is day, because the night cometh when no man can work. See, I see the, the need for reapers. He spoke of the time of the harvest, but then notice the Lord sees the token of the harvest. In verse number 39, look at it. The Bible says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him. Notice the words, For the saying of the woman, which testified, He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, and they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days, and many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. And when I look at this, I mean, Jesus was maybe saying to his disciples, look, guys, understand that moments ago you saw this woman leave and I had sowed the seeds of the truth of the Word of God. Look, I don't know if you've ever had, how many of you have ever had a garden? Not many of you. You're probably like my wife, you probably don't have a green thumb. But I used to go to my grandfather's house, we used to go out there on Sundays, and man, my grandpa, he had an acre of ground. And uh, he lived on the, on the edge of town where he was at at the time. And they, they've grown since grown up way past where my grandpa used to live. But my grandpa had a garden there. And we would go out there. And, and my sister and I, my youngest sister and I, and she was kind of a tomboy, you know. And, and she, she didn't know any better. She just, my sister was always, you know, doing things that, that girls didn't do. And, and we just had a great time. We'd go out there and we'd get into our grandpa's garden. And my, my sister would always go out there. And she would, I'm not lying to you, she would, she would reach down and she would pull a turnip right out of the ground and she'd just dust it off and she'd start eating it. Yeah, ew. And while she was doing that, I'd go down the next row because my grandpa had a little stake on the end of each row that said what it was in case you didn't know what it looked like. It was, it was there. And so I, I, we all knew what it was. I went down a couple rows and I would go to the row that had radishes. And I'd pull them out of the ground, dust them off, just like that. We'd go out there and eat, eat out of that garden, have a great time with it. Listen, maybe Jesus was saying, look, I, I, I spent some time with this woman. I sowed the seed. But watch this. Here comes all these, all these men out of the city. They, they can see them. Can you see it this morning with your mind's eye? They're still out there where the well is. The woman that went back into Samaria, and she told all the men, hey, come see a man that told me all things that ever I did. Now, here comes that entire group of men. I don't know how many it was, but they're coming towards Jesus, and no doubt Jesus said, look, I sowed the seeds, 
And here comes the fruit right here. I mean, we can already see it. Here comes all these individuals. Here comes the harvest. And the men of the city, they came unto him. And you have to remember that while he was there, he wasn't by himself. He was with his disciples, who all the same was concerned with was what was in their belly. They were all concerned about the food that they went into town to get. And Jesus said, look, I want to tell you something. When you tell people about me, when you tell people about the love of God, when you tell people that there is a heaven that they can go to someday, you will see some fruit. And here comes all these people. And Jesus probably looked at his disciples right then and said, hey, how's that meal right now? How's that belly feeling right now? I guarantee you probably his disciples came to the place where they probably thought to themselves, what meal? Uh, we're not concerned about it. Let it sit over there and rot. This is better than anything I've ever seen. There's nothing on TV like this. All these people are coming to Jesus, and they were there to witness all these people coming out to, to see the one that had so changed this woman that they knew everything about her, this crowd of Samaritans. They were eager to come and to hear from Jesus. Isaiah said it this way, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Can I tell you today, God is not playing hide and go seek with you. God wants to be found. All you have to do is look for him and you will find him in the pages of his word. He says, call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. They asked as they got to the well. They asked this strange Jew. They didn't know Jesus. The woman had an experience with him. They didn't know him at all. They asked this strange Jew, who, by the way, was free from any racial bias whatsoever. They asked this man named Jesus, hey, would you come into our city and spend time with us? And you know what Jesus did? He honored their request. The Bible says he abode with them. He went with them two days. And listen, two days. How about this one? The Pharisees probably had a heyday with this one. For two days, who knows how many Jewish laws Jesus broke while he was in Samaria. Because the Bible doesn't say it, but you know that if he was there two days, that he was spending time in their homes, he was eating their food, he was sleeping in their beds, he was teaching them the word of God. And listen, I'm going to tell you something. Those Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians and all those that hated Jesus, they thought, boy, how can this person do this? How can he spend time with people that, listen, we ought not to be with? Can I tell you, while they were thinking that, guess what happened? Revival broke out. There was a revival going on. The Bible says in verse 41, look at it, many more. I mean, there were some that believed on him when they came out, when they heard about this man who told them all things that ever they did. But listen, the Bible says that many more believed because of his, when Jesus came into town for two days, that's what he did. He testified about himself. He told them how he was the son of God. He told them how he was going to give his life, that they could have eternal life. And they put their faith in him. They trusted him as their savior. They weren't trusting in what they could do, the lifestyle that they had. They believed on him. And the Bible says it was because of his words that many more believed. Jesus, now here's the amazing thing. The Jews always required a sign. Now you look in this passage, guess what you're going to find omitted? There's no sign. Jesus never performed one miracle while he was in Samaria. Do you know why people got saved? Not because of some sign, 
but because of the word. Jesus spoke the word. They received his word. They were like those in Thessalonica, that with all readiness they received the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. See, their faith wasn't just something that was resting in this woman, although she, listen, she had put her faith in Christ, it was now, their faith was in something more solid in the testimony of Jesus, just like they said here in John 4, John writes in 1 John 4, 14, we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. That's what Jesus is. He's our Savior. If you're saved this morning, look here, he's your personal Savior. I hope you're saved today. Now, this is our anniversary. 69 years. When God led me to this passage, I thought, Lord, why would you lead me to John 4? Why go here for an anniversary? And he said to me, because their marvel should be your marvel. The Bible says, marvel not that I said unto you, ye must be born again. Jesus said, Nicodemus, why are you having such a hard time with this? Some of you have heard the gospel maybe over and over and over again. Some of you, it may be the first time you're hearing it today, that God loves you, Christ died for you. Why do you marvel? Why not accept the gift? That's what Jesus said to the woman at the well. I have a gift that if you'll receive this gift, it's a gift unto eternal life. See, their marvel is our marvel. Jesus, while he was on this earth, he did many things. But one time he said, he says, I, I have done one work and you all marvel. I marvel at the many things God has done for 69 years at Bible Baptist Church. I marvel at even the things he's done in the four years that I've been here. How God is doing some great things. And the Bible says, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. You can't explain it. It's the Lord. You're here today. You're not here for me. You're here for the Lord. See, their marvel should be our marvel. But their meat, he said to me, should be our meat. Remember what Jesus said? He said, I came to do the will of him that sent me. Pastor, what should I do now that I'm a Christian? Do the will of the Father. If any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. See, with the same passion, that Jesus had, may we, you and I, the next 69 years, do the will of God. Not, as, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. You see, people don't have to beg me to do something for the Lord because God changed me from the inside out. I love Him, and I want to do something for Him. Doing the will of God. See, their marvel should be our marvel, and their meat is our meat. But their mission is our mission. See, this wasn't just for those 12 that 
went to town, got some food, and didn't understand what was going on. By the way, it wasn't just about one woman, a Samaritan. It's about the whole world. You know John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Every last person. That includes all of us. Since the days of Christ, the mission is still the same. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus said, I want you to tell everyone, everywhere you go. See, if the Lord gives us another 69 years, I hope we use it to reach the lost. Because there are people out there that do not know the Lord. See, Jesus uses, or should I say he chooses to use, Human instrumentality. That's you and me. God doesn't have to. But he included us in his plan. Some verses that have really helped me over the years, look at them, Romans chapter 10. You see, folks, if we don't tell people, they'll never hear about God. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Say, God hasn't called me to preach. If you're saved, every Christian should be a preacher. The word is keruk. It means to declare, to tell others about what God has done for you. See, every one of us, our mission is the same mission that Jesus gave. You see, Jesus' meat should be our meat. He came to do the will of the Father. That's what we should do. Bible Baptist Church is only going to honor the Lord on this anniversary Sunday and from this day forward if we continue to do the will of our Father. Jesus' mission. The Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. That's our mission, to tell them what Jesus has done for them. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? <clears throat> because if we will do his will and we will fulfill our mission, then you know what's going to happen? We're going to marvel. We're going to marvel at the great things that God's going to do in us and through us, all for his honor and for his glory. Lord, I pray that you bless the invitation. Lord, especially if there's someone this morning that does not know you as their Savior. They may be in here this morning just like that woman that was living in Samaria that day in and day out, she was not satisfied with her life. Her life was empty. There was something missing. I remember that day in my own life. And she went to the well not knowing, and maybe someone this morning came and did not know what they would hear and how the Holy Spirit would speak to them. But as Jesus began that conversation and sowed the seeds of the Word of God, she accepted that gift. Her life was changed. 
She went into town and told everybody. They came out. They believed, and many more when he went to town himself. If there's someone here this morning that doesn't know Christ, Lord, I pray today that they would come and know him as Savior. And I pray that your children this morning, those that know you as Savior already, that they would understand what we're here for, your purpose, what our meat really is to do your will. And what our mission is to reach this world before it's eternally too late. May we as your people on this anniversary Sunday fall on our faces before you and say, Lord, I'm tired of doing what I want. I want to do your will. I want to fulfill your mission for my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Would you stand?